Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. You are a cool internet-using person. If you listen to this podcast, you deserve your own website for yourself or your business or your blog or your ideas or just to have a good old-fashioned fun time on the internet. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website in just a few clicks. If you have a question, their award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. You can think it, dream it, and make it with Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code CRACKED to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I don't know about you, but I like knowing about cool stuff, and the way I do it is relying on cool people who broadcast things to me. Jensen Karp has been doing his Earwolf podcast, Get Up On This, for over 300 episodes. It's a really, really fun show. He's celebrating the anniversary of it by sitting down with hip-hop legend Method Man to discuss music, TV, and way more. Check out Jensen's conversation with Method Man on Get Up On This, available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Earwolf.com. And Jensen Karp made a TV show. Check out his new show, Drop the Mic, October 24th on TBS. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Cracked Podcast. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm going to keep this bit short because we are fresh off a phenomenal live episode of our show at UCB Sunset in L.A. It's a Halloween show. It's a horror show, a monster show, and it's pretty self-explanatory. So I will be back at the end of this for some footnotes which includes some exciting additional news, so stick around for that. But otherwise, we're going to drop you right into this one. Here comes our live October spooktacular episode of The Cracked Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome to The Cracked Podcast Live. Give yourselves another hand right now. Right the heck now. Oh, you are friendly. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Alex Schmidt. I'm the head of podcasting at Cracked, and I am also known as Schmitty the Clam, and I am also, also very excited to save Hollywood. We're going to do it tonight. We're going to fix it by finding them better monsters. We've got an amazing panel for it. We also, later in the show, are going to do a Q&A bit. We'll let you guys know, and you can come and pitch us the thing we're talking about tonight, which is real monsters from mythology or urban legends or whatever's out there that ought to be horror movies. There are better horror movies out there and we can do it. One, one I can give you right up top, because let's just start strong, is the Bonacon. Who's a Bonacon fan? Excellent. Okay. Because right now, Hollywood horror movies, like, the main thing we get is, okay, how about a mummy remake with Tom Cruise, where at the end, Tom Cruise is the mummy, which... That's how the movie goes. He becomes the mummy at the end. I'm going to spoil it. I hate them. Uh, they can suck an egg, you know? Uh, he becomes the mummy, but he still sees his face. It doesn't work. Uh, the Bonacon, this, this creature, let me tell you, it is a mythological medieval beast that looks sort of like a unicorn, but imagine a unicorn, right, with two horns. I know, not crazy yet. And then what it does is it has, like, violent, acidic poos. It shoots feces out of its butt like a fire hose, like a spraying and there, there's these like medieval tapestries of a monk like, I don't know, you know like they're trying to figure out what to do with it and 
I don't know if it'd be a scary, scary horror movie, but you know like that kind of horror movie where it's a family and they move into a new house and then there's like an old doll in it and the doll turns it, you know. The Bonacon is the pony that they got and they think it's gonna be fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they just moved to Connecticut, but instead of a haunting, it's a like, like shit pony. You know, like it's gonna be the problem for them. And that they could, they could go ahead and make that right now. That's a public domain monster, it could just happen. And we're going to give you a lot more of those. And also go ahead and think about your own as we roll. But how do you feel about uh, meeting our panel? How does that sound? Yes. Oh, this is a good Saturday. Uh, let's bring him right out. First off, from crack, he's uh, from all over our site. And uh, uh, basically the, the master of horror in my life. Please welcome David Christopher Bell, guys. Put your hands together. Yeah. Any seat, yeah, yeah. How you doing, Dave? Say hello for the, the recording people. I'm good. Oh, great, there he is. Uh, also from Crack, he is uh, uh, the, uh, the mayor of our, our world of podcasting. Please put your hands together for Brett Raider. Brett! <laughs> hello, how's there it was, going? There were at least two different shouts of Brett that I- Thank I you, I heard it. it. Yeah, oh, the love, the love is in the room, all right. Also joining us today, uh, she has written for The New Yorker and for Lady Dynamite and currently for Arrested Development. Please welcome Hallie Cantor. Hallie Cantor, guys. There's always money in the banana stand. I was standing backstage being like, yeah, I'm ready for this whenever they call me. And then I realized I had no idea which direction the door was in or the stage. And uh, oh. <laughs> I was a little flustered. But hello. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's great. Yeah. Well, and you're new to L.A. too. So this is a new. I am. This is my first time at this, at this beautiful theater. Yeah. Uh, it might be my first time performing in L.A. Um, so happy to applause, be here. Applause. Applause. Yeah. Thank, yes. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Welcome. Um, also joining us, he is Sparky Sweets on Thug Notes, and his comedy album called Fuck You, Greg is out right now. Please put your hands together for Greg Edwards, guys. Yeah. Say hello, Greg. Hey, uh, thanks for promoting Fuck You, Greg, too. That's <laughs> awesome. How you guys doing? It's my favorite title out there. It's I great. love it. My mom yeah. doesn't like it. But uh, <laughs> I dig it, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Why would you tell people to fuck you? I'm, I don't know why your mother's Jewish. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sort of, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> no, it's like a term of endearment amongst comedians. You know, like yeah. comedians are kind of shitty towards each other. So instead of saying, like, I love you, uh, I hope you have a good life, you know, we say, fuck you. And it's, <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Fuck thank you, man. You. Oh, I feel so, thank you. With that smile, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I kind of thought you were going to say it back to oh, me. Oh, fuck you, too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice glasses, too. Yeah. You know, fuck us all. Um, yeah. Uh, look at the beauty. Look at the beauty. At our last uh, member of the panel from Hyper RPG and the Tights and Fights podcast, please give a warm welcome to Danielle Radford. Yeah. Hey, Danielle. How you doing? Good. I yeah. feel bad I left my purse on. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't you're trust any of you. <laughs> you're ready for a horror situation. Like you have your stuff if we need to run. We need so to... I'm saying I got my go bag. There is a taser in here. Stun gun. Yeah. Yeah, there's a stun gun in my purse. <laughs> Brody <laughs> Reed gave it to me. Oh, in a <laughs> Not for any of you. Yeah. Unless you cross me. 
I'm sitting beside her. She'll use it. <laughs> Let's begin in the most terrifying realm there is of Florida. Dave, you, you came up with a monster you think would be a great movie monster, the Florida Skunk Ape. Yes, also known as the Swamp Cabbage Man. He goes by many <laughs> names. Um, he is the Sasquatch of Florida, which means he smells terrible. He, he, he's described as trash-smelling, seven-foot-tall ape creature, which ran on two uh, legs, and he has been sighted since 1974 until uh, 1997. Um, he's known to show up in uh, Florida, North Carolina, Arkansas, and he is basically a swamp version of Bigfoot. Yeah, finally, the, the swamp gets something, you know? The forest <laughs> oh, has been yeah. winning this whole time. You'd sent some links about it, and there were like some recent sightings, too. Like Somebody got a video of it in 2013 where it looked like a kind of apey kind of creature pulling a tree apart with its bare hands. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. There's actually a YouTube channel you can go to called Trail to Bigfoot. It's two guys, two middle-aged men, who on their off time, they just walk through the woods and try to find this, this creature. Um, <laughs> there's like 250 videos uh, on, this, on this site, and I assume none of them actually sees the skunk ape, because I feel like we would have heard about that at some point. <laughs> but I would definitely check it out. It's just, it's basically two middle-aged guys walking through the woods and just like <laughs> filming like small imprints on the ground and being really fascinated it with like it. seems like if they see what, if they see him in one video, they should delete all their other videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the that only one that needs to stay up. <laughs> well, are, are any of you guys Bigfoot people? Does anybody believe in a Bigfoot or something like it as a creature, like some sort of hominid wandering the woods that's, that's freaky? Totally. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to be a Bigfoot. Right? Yeah. yeah, why not? Too many people <laughs> believe in it. Uh, yeah, I believe them. Yeah. <laughs> Two middle-aged dudes have dedicated their life to finding right. a swamp Bigfoot. There has to be some truth to it, right? right? I kind of <laughs> hope there's one at that point. <laughs> I'm bit. sorry if I this... feel like middle-aged dudes have... Com like, like, they've devoted themselves to Star Wars, but we don't say there has to be a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, and week. all of Star Wars is totally real, right? Totally real. Yeah, come on. Sorry, it, it does start in a, a this galaxy This is a cracked podcast. Be cool. <laughs> Started in Modesto, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry if this is an obvious joke, but um, a tall, smelly person walking around Florida, <laughs> what separates this from a... Florida man. <laughs> Got a haircut? Got a I don't know. That seems yeah. like, yeah. I do want to mention in 1977, a uh, state rep named uh, Paul Knuckles. He, he, it's a what great was, name. What was that last name? Paul Knuckles. N U C K O L L S. I don't believe that. He tried to pass a house bill. Not Mr. Knuckles. I don't know. Mr. Knuckles tried to pass a house bill to protect the uh, Florida swamp ape. Uh, it, did not, it did not pass. Uh, well, yeah, he needs something to fight friggin' Sonic or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we are adapting these into real horror films, this is such a movie name. Can't you imagine Patrick Wilson playing a man named Knuckles? That's a good... So handsome. <laughs> such a weird name. Mr. Knuckles. My, actually, my idea... Has anybody seen Harry and the Hendersons? Of course. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that, but Cape Fear. Ooh. So they, they, they... Deep. They, they hit the Sasquatch... 
And he turns out to just be a weird creep. Like, he's just watching them while they sleep and, like, breaking all the light bulbs in the house and doing weird stuff. And, like, you know that scene where John Lithgow is like, get out of here, we don't want you. Like that, but in, like, the first act and genuine. Like, they're just like, get the fuck out of here. And then (laughs) instead of... It, but then he turns evil and, like, haunts the family and tries to kill them? Yeah, he, like, okay. stalks them, but no one yeah. believes it because he's, like, a lovable goofball ape. And so, like, you know, the sheriff just loves him. He, like, he, they bring him to picnics and he does silly stuff. But then he watches them while they sleep. And, like, they can maybe not see them, but him, but they can, like, smell him. Right, because, well, my, my big memory of Cape Fear is him under the car, like, following that. And yeah. so, like, it'd be just this seven-foot-tall, smelly hair carpet underneath their car, and they're like, I don't notice that, you know? <laughs> just Yo, Swamp Thing's been through some hard times. <laughs> Swamp Thing classic. While we're on creepy hominids, Brett, you had uh, mentioned the Monkey Man of Delhi as something that jumped out to you as a, a kind of perfect... Thing to just adapt directly to a movie. All right, guys. Timeline: 2001. Oh shit! Here we go. <laughs> Delhi, India, the world. <laughs> Reports circulate in the city of a four-foot-tall monkey man going around and scratching people, biting people, etc. He has a helmet on. His eyes glow. He may or may not have some sort of circuitry coming from his body. Can we stop at the helmet for a second? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you can ask me. I'm not going to have an answer for you. Okay. I was, is it for protection? I, he... Again, I don't have... I don't know. Okay, sorry. Ask the monkey man. Between two and three people, reports differ, died running, escaping from the monkey man, either falling down a staircase... Or jumping off of a building and just dying because they thought they saw the monkey man. It gets worse. A sadhu, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this, uh, and I, I'm not going to be culturally appropriate here, but like a sadhu is like sort of an Indian guy with like a long beard, sort of like a religious sort of monk type. Uh, you would recognize like who they are if you Google them or, any, or anything. One of those guys was uh, beaten within an inch of his life because everyone thought he was the monkey man. A van driver, also matching the description of the monkey man, so a short guy with, like, a beard, beaten within an inch of his life because he looks like the monkey man. Now, the monkey man was never found. The police would just classify it, just cultural, just group insanity, all right? Mass hysteria, sorry. So the movie, we were the monkeys all along. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Normally one drops the mic when they say something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, there actually was a movie made about the monkey man of Delhi. It's called Delhi Six. It's a Bollywood film. It is not an American feature. It appears to be a rom-com, judging by the four-minute trailer on IMDb. And the only shots of the monkey man in this trailer are probably the end of the movie, where like the like, ro- hot romantic lead guy takes off a mask, and they're like, on the Empire State Building, you have to watch this trailer. 
And then like they kiss the guy and the girl, and he was the monkey all along. But I think the American version could be scarier. What's the name again? What's the name? The movie is called Delhi Six. Delhi Six. Why aren't we watching that right now? If you're if you're listening at home, everyone is writing the title down very excitedly. <laughs> I'm checking is it on that Amazon. Out. I love rom coms. I don't know. <laughs> Where can I find this? Especially with monkeys. I'm all about I don't know. I just went to the IMDb page for it and was like. They were like, do you want to watch the trailer? And it was really long and showed a lot of stuff from the movie. It's like kind of the version you want to watch. Like, you don't want to watch a three-hour-long Bollywood movie. You, I do. Yeah, I know you do. But like, <laughs> but, like, it shows you. It's like the spoiler-filled just, like, recap of the movie. I can't believe that's what they ran with because there's so much going on with this monkey mat. Like, there's a tiny humanoid with a lot of gear, right? And then also a lot of murder and then also a lot of mistaken identity. All in real life. He also deserves love, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Got a point. He didn't do anything wrong in your story, right? It's just people freaking out. He didn't do anything. No, everyone just wants a friend. Everyone was just beating up short dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He said circuitry, though, right? He said he had a lot of. Yeah, reports. Yeah, he had glowing eyes. They might have been glowing goggles. He might have just been a kid with like a Darth Vader costume on. (laughs) (laughs) With a beard. (laughs) With a beard, yeah. I love, I love the movie that exists. Also, you could do some kind of Reservoir Dogs kind of thing where it's all of Hollywood's best short actors and they're all trying to figure out who in the room is the monkey man. And it's just a standoff the entire time. Sean Astin. I'm just going to name people who played <laughs> Hobbits. That's probably not right. Yeah, like Danny DeVito is like, which one do I shoot? You know, he's trying to figure it out. <laughs> Let's go to something larger. Let's go to, I think this is the largest monster we talked about. Hallie, you had brought up the Typhon, which is straight out of Greek mythology. So going way back when. Keeping it classic. Um, (laughs) The Typhon, I was like a, you know, little child who loved Greek mythology and I somehow missed the Typhon, which was basically like the dad of all the monsters in Greek mythology. So he's like this monstrous, snaky giant and, you know, conflicting reports on his appearance, obviously, since he's not real. Uh, either he has the head of a human and the body of a human, centaur style, and then his, his bottom half is just like a mass of giant snakes. Or possibly, for a head, he has like a hundred snake heads. And I don't <laughs> know which one is more terrifying. <laughs> Would he still have a bottom of snakes, then? It would just be a head of snakes and a bottom of snakes? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually just just a a bundle of snakes. (laughs) No, no, no. I I think it's an either-or situation. Most of the the, uh, depictions of him I saw online were uh, human top half and then snake mass bottom. Wasn't it like two giant snakes? Like just two big legs, but they're just huge snakes? <laughs> that or am is I, also am I confused? a I possible know. interpretation. Is that the leading one? I, I, there was a lot of different configurations of man parts and snake yeah. parts. Um, but basically, just, just picture like an enormous bulky dude with some snake part of his body. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you I'll guys... <laughs> His um, torso is a snake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he birthed like Cerberus, Hydra, the Chimera, the Gorgons, like all the monsters you know from Greek mythology. He tried to overthrow Zeus and like got, you know, banished to that big pit where they put all the bad guys. You know, obviously, when we were just thinking about movies, my mind immediately jumped to the rock. 
I think, you know, probably yeah. all of us have been picturing it. He hasn't done a lot of, like, villain roles. I think this would be really, really a good chance for him to kind of, you know, flex that muscle. No flex, pun intended. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. And also, you know, because Typhon is, like, the source of so many different monsters, I'm sort of picturing this as, like, uh, was it one of the Jurassic, maybe the original Jurassic Park movie, where, like, they start just finding weird stuff and, like, little babies are getting, like, bitten by things and they find like a weird thing on a beach. Is this that was Jurassic Park. It might be. Yeah, yeah, that's Jurassic Two. Park. But anyway, it, like, yeah. the, the way that they know that evil is coming is like some monsters start kind of appearing and skeptics are like, no, it's not happening. Like you're making things up. But the believers know that this is because Typhon has returned from the pit of uh, Tartarus and, yeah. <laughs> and he's having a lot of uh, little baby monsters. <laughs> The gradual realization thing also makes me think of Jaws. You know, like you could have the mayor is like, no, we can have tourists sure. yeah, come. Exactly. And then yeah, exactly. Denial like, seems to be a big part of the uh, first act of horror movies. And then the people who are in denial, obviously, are the first to get killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like the actual horror is to, to have part of your body be snakes. Like, <laughs> it should be from his point of view, just having to deal with that. that I don't know. Having to feed them and like if try to get around with snakes. If you turned into part of your body being snakes, that would be scary. But if you were born that way and that's all you know, I feel like you'd be just like, yeah, that's my snake leg. You know? <laughs> I, I like the Jaws angle too because if you really go full Jaws, you don't show the full monster until the end of the movie. So mm, just at various yeah. points, you see Dwayne Johnson's slithering. head like, yeah. hey. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, I think the, the big full reveal of him would be, like, a huge deal. Yeah. Because, like, the main thing about him is just his massiveness. Yeah, I do. I also like that you picked Earth's largest human to play the largest monster. <laughs> well, yeah, he's so. the closest we have to offer. <laughs> he wants to run for president, you know? That's know. what he said. I think he should That's put the movie out scarier. right before 2020. I think that would be great. Oh, man. <laughs> Help with voting numbers. Vote for me or else I'll be a snake monster. <laughs> I would support a snake monster over the current regime. I'll say it. Ooh, what if you what might if you, be snake monsters. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, was, what if you did this movie with uh, snakes on a plane? I think that would be, I just, you know, that combo would be great. <laughs> oh my God, you could also be the pilot. <gasps> I mean, The Rock can do anything, let's face it. The Rock can do anything. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like, I like the idea of him being on a plane because then the plane is cartoonishly full of snakes immediately mm -hmm. and still somebody on the plane's like, I don't know. I don't see it. I think we're fine. We'll make it to Dallas or whatever. Let's, uh, let's consider other... I don't know who we would cast as it, but Greg, you'd pulled out uh, a Japanese uh, legend, folklore kind of thing called, I think it's Shirime. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one's uh, crazy. Uh this is a Japanese story. It's a mythical story about a, a monster. Basically, how it goes is the samurai was walking uh, down the road to Kyoto, and he hears from behind him somebody shouting out, hey, you, and the guy turns around, and there's nothing there, but then like some light comes out of somewhere, and he sees this, this like creature taking off his clothes, and he turns around, and it's his butt, and it's an eye in place of his asshole. Eh. Oh, no. I mean, that's the best monster ever, right? Has <laughs> an eye for an asshole? That's just beautiful. I have a question. Does, does it have a mouth? Uh, I don't... I don't... 
Okay. I didn't focus on anything but the asshole. <laughs> Does it also I mean, have if we're jumping, hmm? Does it also have assholes for its eyes? Or just three eyes total? I just focused on the asshole. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> I mean, if we're jumping up body parts, anything can be Let's anything, see. right? Like an ear for a mouth? Like, yeah. we can just... The picture, we want. the picture of on, on Wikipedia just shows like uh, a creature on four legs and his asshole. <laughs> and like his eyes is blinking where his asshole is. So I don't know if he has ears, eyes, nose, but so he does have an eye for an asshole. He's like Mike Wazowski, but a giant <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I'd see that movie. Well, I, I had that question about what his face situation is, if that's his butt situation, and on Googling several images of it, I could not tell. Every image of it focuses on the butt, and then the head is like the farthest in the background that it can be. Like, nobody, nobody, cares. nobody cares. I'm just yeah. wondering where the poop goes. Like, if, if that's where, like, where... Everybody cries. How's any of that work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> We found the line. Shit tears. <laughs> that's the name of the movie, right? Oh, there. that's it. Yeah. Genius. Shit tears. That Everybody is... cries. That's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> coming to coming to Kyoto. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, because I, I don't really know. Is there any sense of once it reveals itself to the samurai, like, is the samurai like, ah, like, kill it? Or like, what, 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 what's the progression of dealing I, with this monster? I was just thinking the samurai is just freaked out. <laughs> yeah. You know. So wait, does it come at everybody ass first? Like, how does this work? <laughs> well, on Wikipedia, like the, I guess the creature strips down. He has clothes on, <laughs> and he strips down <laughs> with like a little bit, he does a strip tease, and then he turns around. And he shows you that eye for his ass. Hello. I have a feeling the movie is the, the samurai runs away back to town. He's like, guys, I saw, and he describes the creature, and they ask all the questions we're asking now. <laughs> Wait, where's his shit? So it was an eye on an asshole? And it just continues until they kill him. <laughs> I like this movie. But Brett, the Abura Agako is another yokai uh, that is also, these are such weird pranks, I feel okay. like, all of these things. This one's weird, because as I looked more into it, there's a whole region of Japanese folk monsters that steal oil. So these ones are called Abura Agako, and they're oil babies. And there's like oil uh, foxes, oil grandmas, oil whatever, oil dragons. There's like all these like folk monsters that like come and steal the oil from your lamp because like up until whenever we got electricity the mid 1800s late or early 1900s, you know, this is how you, you know, cooked food, this is how you lit your house. So there's all sorts of like please don't steal my oil <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Anyways, my pitch for a movie is follows, all right? It's the year 2017 or 2018, and we haven't seen oil babies for hundreds of years because <laughs> Japan, Japan is like one of the most technologically advanced nations in the world, right? So there's an earthquake or something, and the entire Japanese archipelago, no power. But oh no. Here come the oil babies. <laughs> and they're just scary babies that steal your oil. And that, you know, Patrick Wilson's yeah. in it. <laughs> well, no, here's, no, here's what it is. He's cast in it, and everyone's like, 
Patrick Wilson, you can't be cast as a Japanese person, and then he gracefully bows out, <laughs> as he should. Oh, man. I was hoping he'd be an oil baby. I just hope he'd just go for it. Uh, <laughs> He's the priest who's been theorizing about oil babies for, for years. <laughs> the picture I saw, they have, it's just like this mischievous baby with an incredibly long tongue. So it's apparently horrifying. they're getting oil from like outside the house through a window or something. Very, it's very pranky, it seems like. Yeah. They're drinking the oil? They're, they lick the survive? oil. They lick the oil away. Well, let them have the oil. <laughs> what are they doing? They're not hurting anybody. But I am a rustic Japanese farmer in the year 1742. That's how I'm feeding my family. I need to keep my my traditional Japanese household. Everybody's eating oil. Yeah, don't (laughs) eat my oil, bro. (laughs) If they come back now, can we just give them Wesson or? (laughs) Yeah, they do canola canola oil blend. (laughs) They only like the ones with all the omegas. (laughs) They need to get the omegas. These babies need their good fats. I just think that there's like obviously a whole horror trope of like the creepy child, the like the horror movie where like the second half of the trailer is just like one little girl singing a nursery rhyme. You yeah. know that trailer? That's what this movie is. But with oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, also I feel like a lot of horror movies struggle with like, hey, we want to have a slasher and we need all the phones and electricity to stop working. And just those need to happen separately. This one, it's all rolled into one. It's a twofer. Yeah, You're all set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't eat my oil, bro. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, oh, and then there could, there could be like a, a Daniel Plainview sort of thing. Maybe like the main oil baby is an oil man, and he drinks your milkshake. <laughs> I, think you, I think we could like get it, Daniel Day-Lewis for this. Oh. I don't see why not. I don't think there could be any person better at playing a baby than Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen beg to differ, but... <laughs> oh, that's, that's two babies. <laughs> I mean, when they were babies. Two babies. Sorry, Hallie, that's two babies. It's <laughs> two babies. She got you there. Danielle, you found something from our nation's capital. Uh, there's a demon cat roaming the capital building. <laughs> Yeah so, uh, yeah, so Demon Cat, Demon Cat's whole deal was um, a few hundred years ago, probably two or whatever, I don't know, however long the United States has been a thing, uh, they brought cats into the White House to deal with their rat problem, and one of these cats died, because it's a fucking cat, and cats die real soon, and now, not only does that cat roam the halls, but that cat only gets, like, people only see that cat right before something shitty happens, Ooh. like, right before an assassination, mm. um, right, be- like, so right before anything terrible happens November to this country. November 2016, <laughs> Obama's watching Come CNN, on, and then the cat goes, he's like, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that orange dude's gonna win. Well, and if you, and if you see the cat, like, the cats chill with you, but as soon as you freak out, that cat grows to, like, 10 feet tall. Oh. So it goes from being a normal cat to a 10 feet tall cat, and then it hisses at you and fucking runs. And, like, one dude had a heart attack. So my pitch for a movie would be basically, like, Forrest Gump. <laughs> but with a super dead cat. <laughs> so, like... It, it's, it's, you know, not necessarily seeing it through the cat's eyes, but you see it through the eyes of the White House. Things are happening. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is just, like, fucking chilling like you do and being like, man, 
I wasn't going to end slavery, but then I did, and it turns out this might actually be a good idea. And then one of his dudes is like, I saw that cat, and he's like, shut up. And then the next day he dies. Because that is part of it, is that the cat showed up like two days before Lincoln's assassination. Damn. Or, you know, other things like, oh man, what are we going to do with all this money? And the cat shows up, and then the depression happens. Mm. And, like, just throughout <laughs> history, like right before JFK gets murdered, like this cat just happens to be there. Because they never say the cat, like, kills anyone. So I think it would be, like, a great way to uh, go through the history of the White House and its occupants. Um, the cat was just missing for the, like eight years, and then yeah, the cat super came back, just like that song. The cat came back the very next, <laughs> the very next election day, and then and then we were all boned. Um, so that would be my pitch for a demon cat movie. Would just be like you would be able to follow all of the things that have happened in the White House that are like super big scandals or someone gets hella assassinated or someone's brother yeah. gets hella assassinated um, and there's just this cat that's like, I tried to warn you. Why do you think I get so big? No one listens to me, give me fish. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost fish. Uh, do, you think, do you think the cat so you think the cat's like friendly? It's it like means well, and it's trying to be like yeah, a thing's gonna I think happen. Cat, I don't think some people think that the cat is what causes bad things to happen. I think the cat is trying to warn us. Yeah. I think the cat's like, yo, dude, yeah. I only show up before something messed up happens. Listen to my cat ass, and then we never do. <laughs> it's like meow, meow, and then subtitle like bulletproof vest now. Meow, 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 meow. Don't just... go to Dallas, Mr. President. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading about this, and the explanation that they give, like the logical explanation, is that it's security guards who were <laughs> overstressed or drunk who would pass out and wake up to see just a normal cat on the ground and just figure it was giant. Oh my God, the cat was 10 feet tall. Yeah. I definitely need today off. Oh my God, I have such a headache. And the room is like spinning and I'm throwing up because of this cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's, that seems weirder than just a giant cat that they would mistake a cat that they've passed out for, for a giant cat. Well, and, and to be fair, the Secret Service didn't happen until Lincoln, but the cat has been around longer, so who knows what folks were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also I like the idea that maybe it's just guards who don't know pet sizes. Like, <laughs> how big could a cat be? 10 feet tall? I don't know. I'm new to Earth, you know? <laughs> One of the links mentioned uh, that it's also seen in the Capitol building, specifically in the burial chamber that was intended for George Washington. And the link played that as if everybody knows that's a thing. Yeah, that's but, just normal. George Washington was supposed to be buried somewhere, but instead it's filled with cat skeletons. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We've decided that's okay. Like, oh, and that we need to hold Congress over his body all the time or something, and that it fell through. I don't know, that's just, I'm, that's a tangent, but I love it. Way into it. Uh, Wait, so in reality, we're holding Congress over a bunch of cat skeletons? Yeah, where that's, we like need them to have a quorum oh, or something. Cool. I don't understand that. I'm not a, I'm not a man of a Well, law. that's actually, yeah. we talk about how uh, George Washington had wooden teeth. It turns out his entire mouth, just cat skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Like I always say, Crack fans are incredible people. They're also very internet savvy people. Someone like you ought to have a presence on the internet that you make your own. 
Squarespace has beautiful templates created by world-class designers and all kinds of support for you to get your own website with its own domain that lets you make your mark online. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. Everything's moving to mobile. I don't know how much you know about the internet business, but it's moving to phones and your website will be ready for that. There's also nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. They just keep it running for you. And if you do have a question, Squarespace has an award-winning 24-7 customer support team who would probably like to hear from a nice person like you. Put yourself online with Squarespace. You can head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, because you're an awesome Cracked fan, you can use the offer code CRACKED to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So it's even cheaper than you think it is. That's squarespace.com. Offer code CRACKED. Hey everyone, there is a new podcast from our friends over at the Stitcher Network. It's a serious, in-depth look at the story of Heaven's Gate. You might remember Heaven's Gate from the footage all over TV. The uniforms, purple shrouds, and black Nikes, and people who believed they would be taken to heaven in a UFO. Well, there is even more to the story than that. The new podcast Heaven's Gate talks to people who lost loved ones and people who still believe to understand the cult's mysteries. Whatever you think you know, prepare to be surprised. It's also hosted by Glenn Washington, and if you've ever heard his excellent other show, Snap Judgment, you know this will be good. Plus, Glenn even grew up in a cult himself. Hear it for yourself. Subscribe to Heaven's Gate, the podcast, for free wherever you listen, like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Plus, hear episodes one week early and ad-free with Stitcher Premium. Speaking of, so it's Brown Presidents. Let's stay in the exact same buildings. Uh, Dave, you picked out that the White House apparently has a ghost of Andrew Jackson that is just freaking out all presidents after that. Right, that is not, that is not a man you want in ghost form. <laughs> uh, he was a terrifying man in human form. <laughs> Mary, Mary Todd Lincoln, uh, 20 years after Jackson died, reported, she told friends she heard him stomping through the White House corridors and swearing, which is exactly what you imagine uh, he'd be doing. Checks out, yeah. Yeah. And then in 1945, two months into his first term, Truman also wrote that he felt a presence in the House, and he specifically named Andrew Jackson as well. He also named uh, Roosevelt, which again, t- there's two guys you don't want as ghosts. Teddy? Um, Teddy Roosevelt? Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. yeah. The two presidents most known for beating people with sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Andrew <laughs> Jackson. threatening to. For people who don't know, Andrew Jackson had an assassination attempt where the, the, the assassin, Richard Lawrence, had two pistols and they both misfired. And then Jackson proceeded to beat the crap out of him with his cane until somebody intervened. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he is... He is a terrifying man. My, my movie idea is, <laughs> I wrote a page and a half, um, <laughs> so I won't go oh, through shoot. it all. You have but, like a treatment. This oh, is yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm getting this made. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, treat yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a meeting at Paramount right after the show. <laughs> it starts with the sentence, what if Andrew Jackson was secretly a wizard? That's written there. <laughs> Say no more. You got yeah. me. <laughs> I think it was so late when I wrote this. Because he gets his magic, his powers in his cane, you see. And that's how he survived the assassination attempt. And, and also because guns died, were just different back then. That's what the Second Amendment was, guys. It was guns that constantly didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I figure um, when he died, Truman uh, 
uh, uh, found his magic cane and accidentally released his spirit and was haunted by him. And Andrew Jackson <laughs> uh, uh, possessed him. And that's, that's why we dropped the bomb. It was Wait, all, like Thor? It was all Andrew Jackson. Oh, like he inhabited his body and made him uh, drop the bombs sure, in Japan? Sure, yeah. Let's oh. go with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, like Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to today, and there's a new politician, idealistic, not Patrick Trump. Wilson, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he becomes president, and he gets into a tense situation with North Korea, and he has to decide what to do, and Andrew Jackson shows up, and... Uh, yeah, tries yeah. to possess him as well. So it's the president. I don't know why we haven't had a horror movie where the protagonist is the president yet. That seems like a fun situation to begin with. And just a ghost yeah. horror movie in the White House, I would watch the shit out of that. Um, it doesn't have to involve Andrew Jackson being a wizard, I guess. But I <laughs> would prefer that. No, I already bought that tagline for a million dollars. Yeah. So into it with the legend of it. Mary Todd Lincoln thinking there's a ghost. Apparently, yet people are like, oh, she's crazy. Harry Truman was like a, a hat maker or something. He was a very squared right. away man. For him to think a ghost of the seventh president is around me, that makes it seem very real to me. I'm very oh, yeah. on board. I guess Lincoln's ghost has shown up a, uh, a few times too. Um, oh, good for him. He's yeah, around. yeah, and people have seen him because I, I, I don't think I think he's a pretty <laughs> unique-looking individual. That if you saw his ghost, you would know. Did he um, like the White House? Why would you go back to the White House? If you're oh, a right, ghost right. that can travel from where he was shot to the White House, and you're not spending every day at like Disneyland or California Adventure, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, he's at, at Disneyland. Disneyland. At the entrance, there's the mechanical, mechanical Abraham Lincoln. That was air quotes for you podcast listeners. <laughs> Who was also played by Patrick Wilson. So. Yeah. Let's go through more American ghosts, because I feel like there's a lot of monsters, but also there's a lot of... Uh, our country's very haunted, you guys, and it's, it's just full of spirits and, and spectral things. Danielle, you found a town in Washington with a ghost called the Faceless Roamer, <laughs> who is dick. just mad about the direction the town's gone. <laughs> yeah, so the, the town of Auburn, Washington, used to be called Slaughter, which I don't know why they ever <laughs> changed it. That's awesome. <laughs> Slaughter is the best name for a town. It sounds like a threat against Washington. Like, Slaughter, Washington. Like, you know. <laughs> The Faceless Roamer is a dude who lived when the town was called Slaughter. He had a bunch of land, he was rich. No one knows much about him other than he sold the land because he was trying to help the town grow. And now he's like super cranks about what the town became. So if you go on A Street or other kind of like mainish streets in Auburn, he'll just be there being faceless and he'll poke out and like scare ya. <laughs> so I guess for me, like my pitch for this was gonna be like almost like a comedy, like Ghost Dad, because that feels like Very a dad point. joke. Because it's like, because people are saying like he he seems to really enjoy scaring people. And it's like, well, he got a face. So I imagine like he's really big about it. <laughs> like maybe maybe oh, he's taken improv. Maybe he knows how to fill up space with his body. I don't know. But so it's like a dad ghost who's like, you know, back in my day, in my ghost day. This town was called Slaughter, and it was way nicer. And then he just pokes his head out, and he's like, buda, 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 and then he like runs off and watches people get freaked out. Why? Because also, I looked up this town. It's uh, apparently right between Seattle and Tacoma. Like, it's very urban. So is it the kind of thing where, like, I'm just imagining this guy being upset that it's become like full of Starbuckses or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I just think I, yeah. I am not from there and so I think Support of all these Seattle tropes. mom and pop businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Where did all these tech bros come from? Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm really happy that you pitched this as a comedy because I feel like it just writes itself. The tagline could be, uh, you can't spell slaughter without laughter. <laughs> <laughs> this is a collaboration that we're going to take to the bank. <laughs> I've got a, like a local ghost to throw in. Have you guys ever heard of Griffith J. Griffith? Of Griffith Park. Yes. Uh, there's a man who is a real person in real life named Griffith J. Griffith. His first name and his last name were the same thing. That's not the scary the thing. The man so nice, they yes, named him twice. <laughs> he was not nice, as you'll, you're about to hear. Yeah, he was, uh, he was born in Wales in like 1850-something, uh, moved to the U.S. when he was a teen, and was a self-made uh, millionaire. He became a reporter who reported on mining, and then researched mining so much to be a reporter that then he became a mining expert, and then he made a bunch of money as a mining expert, and owned all of Griffith Park today, all of Los Feliz today, and some more land from there. Like, where we are right now is, like, his property line. Like, that he owns a third of the city, let's say. And then, in 1903, he shot his wife in the face. And that's not a cool thing to do. And so his wife did not die, uh, but she was granted a divorce on the grounds of he shot her in the face. Granted. (laughs) Granted. And uh, uh, they rendered apparently, according to the the article I was reading about it, a 4.5 minute verdict. The jury was like, basically walked to the room, uh, guilty, walked back, you know. And uh, so he was convicted of shooting his wife and he decided, I'm a very wealthy person who wants to win my way back into the hearts of the city. And so he gave the city Griffith Park and what's now the Greek theater. And he wanted to like become someone the city liked again and didn't really succeed even though he gave up all that stuff. And then he's dead. And so I think the movie is he comes back with unfinished business before the next huge earthquake hits. Like, it's, a, it's the movie San Andreas, but with a billionaire ghost who still wants to win our hearts back by, like, helping us with the earthquake. And he's like, I know about the earth. It's coming, you know? He's Fuck minor. you, sexist ghost. <laughs> yeah, right, and we're just mad at him. And then he saves us later in the movie. Now yeah. I can't listen to R. Kelly or go to Griffith Park. <laughs> My weekends are done, man. This is terrible. That's <laughs> terrible, man. I can't go to Griffith Park anyway. <laughs> Shot his wife in the face. <laughs> well, well, her last name was also Griffith at the time, so maybe just think of her. Oh, she didn't get that park, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a ghost, like, going to building to building to make sure they're up to code? Like, is that, is that what he's up to? Like, I th- <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah, uh, yeah well, I, I'd sort of, that's probably better. I'd sort of imagined like a Jeff Goldblum and Independence Day type figure where he knows what's coming and is trying to warn everybody and they're like, ah, come on. But instead of being like, ah, come on, Jeff Goldblum, it's like, ah, come on, ghost with a mustache, you know? And then, and then he does like save a family in the end like The Rock does in San Andreas. Yeah. The ghost of Jeff Goldblum is the most delightful image in my mind right now. That's oh, wonderful. we should just make that. Yeah, that should just be a movie. Jeff Goldblum. Do we have to wait? In, do we have to wait until he's dead, or can we just get on that? <laughs> well, and and then other LA is is so full of of murder and death. Oh, it's amazing. Um, and Danielle, you'd mentioned Peg Entwistle as somebody that there's probably some kind of ghost haunting horror kind of thing there. 
Yeah, I've realized that like most of the things that I picked are uh, people who died resentful. Um, <laughs> so Peg Entwistle was a um, she was a theater actress right when everything was like there were silent movies and things were kind of becoming about movies. It was around like the 1930s, and she died by committing suicide by jumping off the H in the Hollywood sign. And that's how she died. And people still say that they see her ghost, but like she's never doing anything bad. She's always like smelling flowers or like by a crick. Um, <laughs> and so for the movie of this, that obviously cannot be. So I would like right. it so that she like haunts all of Hollywood. Just meaning like she in her in her suicide note. And here's one of the messed up things. So in her suicide note, she's like, I should have done this a long time ago. I would have spared everyone pain. I'm sorry. Like, within a week, she got a letter saying that she had been cast in a production where she was going to play a woman that committed suicide. I know. <laughs> and so my idea would be that every time, like, a Lifetime movie or, like... Some other super like exploitative movie that's like, oh, this real person died and they killed themselves and it was horrible. Peg just like haunts the production like, it's not super funny. We should do something about mental illness in this country. Like that's my pitch for the Peg Entwistle movie. Just someone who goes around and and is like, hey, l let's not exploit dead people. I love the idea of her showing up every set or every meeting where that's gonna happen. Like, it's just like like clockwork, like, oh, here comes Peg if we do this idea, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah like, I, she was definitely on the set of uh, Lindsay Lohan's failed project, I Know Who Killed Me. Like, she was definitely there. <laughs> this is kind of a ghost thing. Hallie, you picked out La Pata Sola, which si. is, what's it? I said C. Si. Oh. <laughs> because this is one from South American folklore. Gracias. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, where uh, nada. Where, I'll go all day. <laughs> oh man! No, that's all I know. Please don't test me anymore. <laughs> this is—it's from South American folklore, and it's a woman who uh, I think what you sent that she, her husband, cut off her leg, and then she fled to the jungle and swore revenge on all men. Yeah, something like that. Uh, she is um, a beautiful and seductive woman who lures men, like usually when they're kind of with their friends on a hunting trip or something lures them in, like one man, into the jungle, and then she reveals her hideous vampiric nature and drinks his blood and sometimes eats his flesh. So she's like a vampire, but like even sexier. <laughs> As if vampires could get any sexier. But yes, the identifying characteristic is her one leg, and it's like a cloven hoof on the one leg, but she can somehow like move swiftly through the forest. And possibly her origin is, yeah, she cheated on her husband, so he cut off her leg. Um, did, she did, did something bad in her life, basically, and was punished and then sent into the forest. And now, basically, she serves as like a morality tale about not being seduced by hot ladies extramaritally because you're going to get vampired. I like that she's seductive and one-legged. Yeah, I a, think it's very cool. Probably in like a pre-prosthetic or other things era, so she's just like hopping sexily. <laughs> well, know? yeah, I was trying to, trying to think about how she moves. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think people with, you know, non-four limbs can, can definitely be sexy, so I think this was very progressive and ahead of its time for uh, South America. Um, <laughs> progressive woman, one leg. Yep. Rose McGowan. We stand with you, girl. Ooh, hashtag Rose Army. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I was thinking more like Angelina Jolie because of that time that she went to the Oscar. Was that her? Somebody. Went oh, yeah, Oscars. no, where she put her leg all the yeah. way out and, and was she, like, hey, here's my leg. She yeah. just, like, <laughs> leaned her leg through the slit in her dress and was like, here it is. <laughs> so I do think definitely a powerhouse woman actress uh, for the movie. And, and I'm imagining it sort of shot in, like, a kind of artful, Blair Witchy, spooky way. Because huh. a big part of what she does when she lures these men away is she gets them really, like, disoriented and lost. And, like, hunting dogs can't, like, smell things anymore. So maybe, like, the movie starts with, like, a guy, like you know, maybe having problems at home with his wife and, like, he's going to put them aside for a hunting trip with his bros or, like, maybe it's even his bachelor party and, you know, he's, like, he's kind of worried about the commitment to getting married, like, and then, uh, you know, his anxieties are, like, sublimated in the form of this uh, seductive lady who, like, takes him on, like, a terrifying, disoriented, like, bloodthirsty um, temptation voyage. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about this a lot at all. (laughs) I... If, it, if it's a journey kind of thing, I could almost imagine if it ends nicely, it's like, oh, man, you lost a lot of blood. And he's like, but I gained a lot of lessons. You know, oh, my hey. oh, my God. So now true. And he's going to bring all that love and trust back to his wife at home. <laughs> yeah. And then the end is they have to all get him back to the wedding in time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's doesn't have any blood. His skin's been mostly yes. eaten off. There's and, like, definitely a way you could do it that's, like, the hangover meets Dracula. <laughs> And I think it'd be great. And then Kristen Bell's like, Danny, where have you been? <laughs> and Patrick Wilson is like, ah, da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> Let's stay in South America, because Greg found one called Encantado, which is also a real sexy party monster. Yeah, this is uh, this is this one's real freaky. Uh, this is a mythical river dolphin uh, <laughs> in Brazil. Uh, now this dolphin is weird. It's kind of pink. It's uh, shape shifting. Uh, it's super like musically talented. I saw like this dolphin like uh, playing in Mariah Carey's band or something. Plays like trumpet. <laughs> and uh, uh, now the dolphin likes it, the dolphin seduces people, right? He 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 turns into like you know Eric Estrada and like uh, plays the trumpet and he seduces people and he sexy. Kicks, yeah, very sexy. But uh, he always has a hat on because that's where his blowhole is under his hat. And if you see his blowhole, he turns back this into a dolphin. This is crazier than the asshole eye oh, monster. Oh, oh. <laughs> Super crazy, man. Uh, I was up on YouTube, like, checking out all this shit. And, uh, and he kidnaps people. And, uh, yeah, and he's like a sex fiend. The dolphin's like a, a fucking sex fiend. So uh, I was thinking this is like uh, Pretty Woman meets Encantado. It's like uh, Richard Gere is the dolphin, right? <laughs> and... Uh, he drives up and he meets, like, this hot hooker, you know... Julia and uh, Julia falls in love with Richard, and they have this love affair. And you know, she goes shopping like, ah, you should have, you should have let me come in, and all that shit, right? And uh, and then, you know, she finds out he's a dolphin, and they fall madly in love. It's called Pretty Encantado. <laughs> what kind of hat does the dolphin wear? Oh, I'm thinking like a fedora. So wait, does the hat hot? Is that a disguise? Is it? So people can't tell he's a dolphin? Yeah, yeah. Well, the dolphin, I mean, like, he's a shape-shifting, and, uh, uh, and he just has the hole over his head. So, you know. Yeah, because I, I think part of, the, part of the canon of it is the Encantado can shape-shift into a person, but it still has to have a bald spot with a blowhole in it, yep. no matter right. what. Yep. It can turn into anybody except for the right. top of the head. Is that yep. right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Because I was just imagining a dolphin, like like the Ninja Turtles when they would go out and they just wear a trench coat and they would just <laughs> <look> <laughs> a Ninja Turtle. 
<laughs> Dolphin's like, I love pizza and banging lady. <laughs> Uh, I like to imagine that in the version of Pretty Woman uh, uh-huh. that you pitch, um, it exists in a universe where there's like kind of always been rumors about Richard Gere putting uh, gerbils in his blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. You don't mind, Julia, do you? <laughs> right, he's like not weird except for that rumor. That's like that's the, every, everything else. Yeah. Um, I'm what? a freak. <laughs> I like gerbils. It's amazing. <laughs> And with uh, with semi creature humanoid things, uh, Dave, you'd picked out the I think it's called a furfur. The fervor. Um, fervor. Fervor. Spelled fur. Fur. Two furs. Two furs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's not humanoid. Well, yeah, I guess it sort of is. It's a deer with a flaming tail. It's from a, an old spell book from the mid 17th century, um, the Lesser Key of Solomon. I don't know much about this freaking book. It's, it's described as the Earl of Hell, which apparently is a thing. And uh, it, is, it is basically, it's a, it's a deer. It's a, it's a yeah, deer with a flaming tail. And the reason I was interested in it is lately especially, there's so many horror movies right now where like, the first thing that happens is the protagonist hits a deer with their car. It's like, um, and it's in good and bad movies. Oh. It's Get Out, yeah, get uh, out. Cure yeah. for Wellness, Cabin Fever has one. Train to Busan, I think the invitation, it's a dog. So I want that to be that casual jump scare moment, but it's the deer is, wants revenge. Oh. Um, and it is the fervor. Um, I, should, I guess I should say what the fervor does. Um, it never speaks the truth, it's a liar, which could be said about all deers, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, we don't know, we don't know. We don't, it's true. Yeah, unless it's compelled to enter a magic triangle, I assume is drawn. And then it turns into an angel. Um, it, it's yeah, it does speak with a low, hoarse voice, um, and it can cause it can cause storms, which is pretty neat. But it can also cause people to fall in love with each other. That's his big power. So I figure, like a group of friends go into a cabin for the weekend. They hit a deer, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck the deer, whatever." And they keep going to the cabin, and the deer's pissed, and he, it just causes a storm, snows them all in, and it becomes like the shining, but everybody's the, the bad guy, and everybody's boning. Like just, a uh, sexy shining. Yeah, sexy shining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the details of it, it sounded like you were free associating. Like, ah, uh, but there's a magic triangle, but then it tells the truth, and then it makes people No, yeah, these spells are insane. I, like, skim through it. There's also a president of hell. Hell has a president. Um... No, Are there just, term limits? I don't know. There's more than one listed. I, I'm starting to think that the people who wrote these books didn't know what they were talking about. So do you think, like, the president of hell is the one who makes the real decisions and then Satan is, like, a figurehead, like, royalty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think that's how it works. We talked about this furfur is apparently a love monster of some kind. There's also, Greg, you found the Shurele. Oh, yeah, which is, is my my favorite. It, it does like my favorite thing to a victim. <laughs> I forgot what country this is from. The Shirele. Uh It looks. A, I. It said it was from a few traditions. It's mostly Russia. It's like Turkic Russians and also around there. Yeah. Um. But this monster is supposedly, uh, super tall. It's like ten feet. Uh, like Demon Cat. Uh, the cousin of Demon Cat. Uh, <laughs> it, it hangs out in the woods and it lures victims into the woods. And uh, the Surele has like very, very long fingers and it tickles people to death, which is, <laughs> which is fucking oh my, beautiful. That's right? my nightmare. I hate uh, being tickled. Ah, uh, with big, long, scary ass fingers. 
<laughs> but if you had to be killed, wouldn't tickling be like one of the better ways to be Hell killed? Hell no. Who no? framed Roger Rabbit? Right Slit my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Do not tickle me. Slit my throat. I guess tickling I'm a someone to death would take a long time. It would be a slow death. I, I'm, I'm very curious about that. A quick, we're going to pull the audience. Round of applause if you would want to be tickled to death of the deaths. Round of applause. Like, compared oh. to being killed some other way. Yeah. Round of so applause. So you have to die. <laughs> And so, round of applause if you would rather die of, of some other kind of brutal beheading or something. Wow. Tickling song. This crowd has no sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> round of applause for lymphoma. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. Uh, Zero people. <laughs> Yo, if you Google Surele, it's like a bunch of monsters and this lady. <laughs> Her name. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh-oh. I just thought maybe she had like long ass fingers. No, it, it's like, you'll see it. It's a black and white headshot of a woman. <laughs> just around a bunch of maybe bosses. That's her nickname. Yeah. What's up, right Ray? <laughs> we had a bar volleyball game. All right. uh, let's go to the first person with a monster. Just come up and tell us your name, and, and we'll hear your monster. Hi, my name is Steven, and Hi, Steven. my monster is the Akamanto. Um, sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation, but it's basically a Japanese ghost that haunts bathrooms, more specifically, the end stall. Oh. <laughs> That's the stall I always pick! They get fucked, I'm sorry. It's coming for you. But essentially, when you go, go take a piss or crap or whatever, it comes out and offers you two choices, either red paper or blue paper. What? Yeah. Like is this a red pill thing? No. <laughs> Are you going to talk to me about InfoWars stuff? <laughs> okay. So if you choose the red paper, he slashes you until all your clothes turn red. Wow. Cool. If you choose the blue paper, he chokes the shit out of you until your face turns blue. Wait, do I have to tip afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> if you want. Only if you're awake. <laughs> It's like crazy gang violence, man. It's like <laughs> <this is> Crimson <laughs> Bloods. <laughs> I'm good. Well, also, I feel like, I feel like multi-stall bathrooms are a relatively recent development, right? Like, I, I, I see the past as a world of outhouses, and then we got real bathrooms in like 1970. You know, uh, so this I've, is this like a recent myth? That I, I assume it is. That's amazing. I don't think it's recent. I think it's been around. Just not a lot of people care about this one. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I just learned about it today because I was telling my friends I was coming here and they mentioned, oh, you should talk about the, you know, toilet paper monster. <laughs> now they're in. <laughs> you know, cookie monster's horrible cousin. <laughs> but, yeah, there is a way to get free of him, though. And that is, oh. if you don't take any paper whatsoever, he'll just leave you alone. <laughs> Wait, the obvious choice. Yeah, like, is there already toilet paper in the stall? No. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Because I, if there's already toilet paper in the stall, why would you take You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, even if there's not already toilet paper, I'll drip dry, you know? <laughs> the good old drip dry. Rather than be choked to death or, or uh, sliced yeah, up. I agree. I feel like in most situations where I'm being offered toilet paper, I'm just going to say, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you, monster. You yeah. Especially not colored. That's just like... I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. It's not good for your parts, all that dye. You got to be yellow. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you try to trick him... Oh, shit. Oh, God. And try to offer some other type of paper, so if you want yellow or green or something like that, he grabs you and drags you to the nether realm. 
Oh, see, that was, that so was my move. So if you try to trick him or try to cop out of it, he just pretty much sends you straight to hell. There's at least a trilogy here. <laughs> there is so <laughs> Well, there's much a crossover canon. here. I mean, with Greg's monster and the anus pink eye monster. That's true. I got you know, another anus you monster. You do my too. movie, then you do his movie, then you do the Freddy vs. Jason uh, movie. Oh my god, that monster would have so much pink eye. So and then you build it to cinematic universe. <laughs> Universal. <laughs> the other movie monsters didn't work. Maybe the poop and pee. Right. I only up. trust toilet paper that comes underneath a stall from a very apologetic woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that it ran out before you were done, and then we never look each other in the eye. That's scary as fuck, man. Yeah. Stephen, what a journey. Thank you. That Thank was great. You. Uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Um, so my thought was that, okay, so in uh, San Jose, the Winchester Mystery House would Ooh. be a good candidate for uh, just kind of an old-time ghost story. Basically, yeah. the wife heir to the, or not heir, but the, like she inherited the Winchester, like the Winchester rifles, uh, the fortune when her husband died. Uh, and then she spent the rest of her life thinking that she was being haunted. And so she had to keep building this mansion until until she died. Basically, she thought if she stopped building, she would die. So it's this monstrosity house that has stairs that go to ceilings and doors open at brick walls. It's creepy in its own right, and that would make a really good story. But I thought that maybe if that was the first act of a horror film, and then it zooms forward to the modern day, and somebody like you know, this fictional world's version of Elon Musk buys this house and basically is haunted by these ghosts, and that explains why he wants to do all these things and, and explore space and basically he's haunting, he's being haunted into uh, space exploration and the He's making <laughs> the universe his Winchester Exa- Exactly, yeah. So the first time he bumps into the wall, he hits his head and he's like, we gotta go to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> we need more space, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He holds a press conference and is like, guys, magnets. That's it. <laughs> now, this is actually being made into a movie starring yeah. oh, really? not Patrick Wilson, Boo. Helen Mirren. Okay. Yay. Oh, yeah. no it's way. also got Jason Clark in it, who I believe was in Terminator Genesis. So that's, well, that's pretty exciting. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is a very real house in San Jose. Has anybody been to it in life? I see a couple hands. Mm-hmm. Great. I hear her process of building it was she did a different style for every room. Like she was just slapdash being like, now I like stripes and builds a new room. And like, yeah, it was like, apparently she was like frantic. She was like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I have to keep building because I don't want to, I don't want to get killed by these ghosts or whatever. And so, yeah, there's just like a lot of just like hodgepodge. Like, um, were these guns right. contractors? Uh, Are the, I'm sorry, the ghost contractors? Like, why was she? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, but, ooh, but, uh, ooh. You have to keep building. Uh, yeah, exactly. You should talk to Samson's and Sons. Yeah. They do the best. <laughs> We're going in above estimate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. They, they actually, like last you, year, found a new room. <laughs> Today's scary. <laughs> it's just ugly. <laughs> the other thing I've heard about it of the canon of it is that specifically she was driven crazy by the one version of the legend is it's angry ghosts of people who were killed by Winchester rifles because oh, her fortune was deep. Winchester rifles and so it was like a like a gun violence repercussion was she, that all the people killed by them came to haunt the descendant of the, the like the people who made the rifles. She went, I believe she went to a psychic and the psychic told her that 
which is a shitty thing for a psychic to do, especially yeah. considering what happened afterwards. Man, where's, where's the NRA ghost? <laughs> Can we get that ghost out here? I got political. I'm sorry. Talk to me after the show. <laughs> well, I think we, we've got a little more time, and I think we can. There's another West Coast ghost. David brought up Dead Baby Lake. Yeah, that's actually called Pyramid Lake in Nevada. Uh, fun mm. little fact is, if if anybody has ever bought or looked at an iPad in an Apple Store, the default picture is Pyramid Lake, and the story from that lake is that it, it was established. Uh, when early European settlers were coming here and the tribe there, the Paiute Native American tribe, um, had a legend of a uh, mother who was washing clothes by the lake with her baby and a serpent came out and ate her baby and then took the form of a baby and tried to eat her, which is (laughs) quite a horrifying (laughs) image. And apparently the village shaman made a deal with the baby that if he let the mother go, he would be allowed to stay in the lake, um, which is a really good deal for the baby because it's just let this, <laughs> let this mother go hang out in the lake, eat as many people as you want, I guess. Like, what's creepy about this is even to this day, people visiting this lake have reported, especially in the spring, sounds of babies crying or laughter of children coming from the lake. Oof. Um, and the lake is known for a lot of disappearances in the spring. And it's up, it's up by, by Tahoe there, like in Nevada. Yeah. And it's also the background on everyone's iPad when they buy it. Yeah. Dead baby lake. Fucking <laughs> um, like Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's uh, 350 feet deep. So a lot of drownings sort of people just vanish there. And the weird thing is a lot of the, the drowning victims will show up, wash up in Lake Tahoe instead of Pyramid Lake. But Lake Tahoe is far away from it, right? I guess. The, the, the <laughs> legend is that there's volcanic tunnels that they're traveling beneath. There's a lot of creepy things about this lake. It, it, it supposedly has a lot of dead bodies in it um, because of killed mobsters and um, <laughs> railroad workers. And there's a legend that Jacques Cousteau explored it in a submarine <laughs> and came out just terrified. Um, and said that uh, the world isn't ready for what's down there, <laughs> which is a great story that I'm pretty sure is completely false, but it's a great story. Uh, some people say it was like a Loch Ness monster. Other people just said, like, no, there's a lot of fucking dead people down there just floating because it's so far down and so cold that they don't rot or anything. They're just hanging out down there, just being dead. Oh, they're just, clothes. like, preserved. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's uh, Well, that, that's where I would hide a body now because it would be, like, ghosts. Yeah. I didn't kill him. It was clearly this lake. (laughs) This lake hated my (laughs) ex-husband. Right. Once the legend grows enough, it's just crime lake. It's just where you go and do that. (laughs) The movie version, it's funny. We already uh, had this idea. I had written Jaws, but with dead babies. Um, And that's it. Um, So it's like the big fishing summer or spring and... The mayor wants to keep everything open, but someone gets killed by a baby, and the sheriff wants to tell everybody, and the mayor, you know, suppresses it, and then, like, someone gets killed publicly, and they put out a bounty for the baby, and a bunch of people catch the baby, but it turns out to be not that baby, not the baby that they're going for. And so and the they... sheriff and, like, an old, old drunk fisherman and, like, an ex- a baby expert has to, like, <laughs> go out and catch the baby. And then they put an air tank in the baby's mouth. And the baby thinks it's a bottle. 
and then Pop. they shoot it. Yeah, and they blow up the baby, and they bond over it, and they swim to shore, which isn't actually that far away because it's a lake. So I'm picturing actually- like Doctor Spock and like a bunch of scientists. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point in the baby's development, they would be dead. Oh, yeah, it's three men and a dead baby lake. They have to figure out. <laughs> Great time. Human development. <laughs> and on that note, I think, I think that's our show, guys. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. We're here every second Saturday. Give it up for Danielle Radford, Greg Edwards, Haley Cantor, yeah. Brett Rader, David Christopher Bell, and myself. Have a great night. Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Cracked's own Brett Rader and David Christopher Bell. And my thanks to the rest of our phenomenal panel, too. We got Hallie Cantor, Greg Edwards, and Danielle Radford. Weren't they fun? We're linking off to more about all those folks, plus the standard footnote fun you love to let you know all about those spectacular monsters and ghosts and deaths and butthole eye creatures that we talked about on this incredibly fun show. I'm particularly stoked about the monsters our audience brought to the Q&A. There was a lot there. I will never look at toilet paper the same way again. And if you would like to be like those audience members, if you'd like to do a Q&A with us live, or alternatively, if you just want to come to the show and have a nice time, we got more live shows coming up. The next live podcast at UCB Sunset is going to be Saturday, November 11th. Tickets for our next UCB Sunset show should be on sale soon. If they're not already, that website will be sunset.ucbtheater.com. You'll find them there. What else is going on? Well, we are very excited about a new podcast coming your way from Cracked next month. A whole new show. More details about that very, very soon. Watch this space. Also, we've got our other shows going on, too. Cracked Movie Club is well into its John Carpenter month, making your October as spooky as possible. It's also a whole horror month across Earwolf. They're called Fearwolf on social media because lots of shows like The Canon and Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast and our own show, The Cracked Podcast, are getting spooky for the fall. Specifically October. The rest of fall is not spooky. And as far as this show goes specifically, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Mary Kelly, edited by Chris Souza, and co-produced by multiple hat wearer Brett Rader. You can find Brett at Brett R-A-D-E-R on Twitter. And if you love this episode, that's great, man. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. The thing that is starting to have horror movies made about it, you know, like that movie Unfriended, even though it is plenty terrifying on its own. You can find me on Twitter under the name at Alex Schmitty. I'm also on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm very happy to say we will be back with more spooky cracked podcasts next week. So how about that? Talk to you then.
Hello, everybody. My name is Jensen Karp, and I am the host of a show called Get Up On This right here on the Earwolf Network. We've been doing it for over 300 episodes, so we're celebrating by sitting down with a hip-hop legend, my favorite MC, Wu-Tang Clan founding member, Method Man. That's right. For over an hour, we talk about his music career, songs he's released. We talk about his television uh, appearances from The Wire to the brand new show, The Deuce, and also the debut of Drop the Mic, which is a show that I created and co-executive produced on TBS. It debuts October 20th. 24th at 10.30. It's where celebrities rap battle against each other, and I swear to you, it's better than that sounds. I promise you that. But listen, you could download our episode now at Apple Podcasts or on the Earwolf Network and listen to an engaging conversation, sort of candid. A lot of stuff comes out with literally one of the best rappers in the game still, Method Man. Uh, we hope you listen, and uh, yeah, whatever. Have a good time. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.